Okay, can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? So, sister, can you hear me? Hey, yes, I can hear you. Okay. All right. If I it was... looks like it feels like uh they did something to spaces again. I know. I it came looks in. All different I, could, I couldn't even hear myself. So okay. um, happy Monday. Happy <laughs> Monday. Yeah. So we'll just hang out here uh and allow folks to populate hello sean how are you i'm going to stick some things up in the um jumbotron while um the room uh kind of pop give you know, we'll give it a few mo moments to populate there so i'm going to be a little silent uh while i do that Okay, it seems like I'm starting to hear folks come in, which is good. Um, and a couple of things on my uh, radar that I wanted to, stories I wanted to talk about, um, I put up there in the Jumbotron is... Um, there is a story of a, a black family in Colorado, in El Paso County, Colorado, which is in Colorado Springs. And um, there is a story about how they have been um, harassed, um, have had domestic terrorism targeted at them, even including the local authorities. There is an article from January 23rd um, where um, they talk about what's going on. And apparently this family lost their everything they owned in a hurricane in Texas. And uh, somehow or another, they were able to reestablish themselves um, by buying land in Colorado Springs. And so they have a, a, a ranch, which is called... Um, Freedom Acres, and um, they were using it to, um, of course, farm, but also as a, a teaching um, opportunity, I think, to expose people who may not otherwise be exposed to this um, type of environment and uh, experience, but they have been harassed because it is a predominantly white community, and they are Black. They have been harassed primarily because they have been asked to sell or lease part of their land or their water rights and things um, to some of their neighbors who are white and they declined. And so now they're suffering all this um, backlash that culminated actually in them getting arrested. Uh, and basically the charges are pretty much uh, 
the charges on them are pretty much the things that their neighbors have actually been doing to them. So this is an interesting story that I think is important for us all to kind of keep up with. And it's such a sad story to come across our radar during Black History Month. And the other story I have up is just kind of a general reminder um, that we have the National Civil Rights Museum here in Tennessee um, in Memphis at the Lorraine uh, Motel where Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated. And, um, you know, we, we talk about that as the spot that that happened, but I think we also need to remember that it is a, a national civil rights museum, uh, the first one in the country that resulted, of course, because of what happened there, but it holds so much more history about our struggle, about this movement. And um, so if you guys are ever traveling in the area, I think it's important that you know it's there, that you visit it. Um, they have websites that support it. And I, I talk about that in, in um, this particular environment because our history is being stripped away in so many places. I know Dawn posted um, a story or, or I saw a story somehow, I think that came from her of students in Alabama who were, um, I think a black um, student body or whatever, doing you know a black history month presentation and told that they could only go back as far as 1970. Now, really? Can you imagine? I, I think about my own daughter or, or grand, yeah, granddaughter, ridiculous. like she literally could not learn about some of the history that I live. Now, how ridiculous is that? But, yeah, it's like that's not even the true history. That's what if what did that? That's like a reflection back on the past few decades. I mean, that's it's it, ridiculous. I, it's it doesn't give you substance of how they got there to begin it, with. Yeah, it's they just, just want to start at some of the parts support. where, you know, the results, the results we got from that that movement. They want to talk about that, but they don't want to talk about what we had to exactly. do to get there, which I also find pretty ironic in that I know I live in an area where um, they have many Civil War reenactments and societies and enthusiasts uh, who study it or whatever. Now tell me, how do you study, study the Civil War and talk about it without talking about Black people? You can't. You yeah. Know? yeah, exactly. It, it, it's very ironic. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's yeah, what they it's do. It's pretty sickening. And then, yeah. It is. And then, of course, you know, all of these stories circulating about the balloons and all the, you know, flying objects that are now being, you know, shot down over the U.S. and Canada. Um, pretty interesting. I, I do feel like the Department of Defense is, is on it. And um, so that's an interesting story. And then the other thing that I put up there, uh, maybe, yes, in Tennessee, what, you know, I've had, I've been having conversations with people, you know, that's what we do here. We talk about politics. We talk about what they're saying. Right. We talk about what they're doing. And, you know, I've said this to a couple of people and I want to keep saying it because, you know, they tell us pretty, you know, um, vehemently the things that they are 
targeting what they're for, how they're going to get what they're for. Um, And, you know, they really push this abortion ban thing. But if you notice when they talked about um, when they gave their pre-buttles to the State of the Union address and their rebuttals, they didn't talk about that when. And I think that is significant. And I think we need to lean into that because what's happening now is we're starting to see some of the repercussions from these draconian bans that they've put in place. And I put an article up um, in the Jumbotron about, you know, a doctor here in Chattanooga that had to send a patient on a six hour ambulance ride because she was afraid that she might uh, have her license revoked or or questioned or have to defend it. And um, the lady was uh, in a crisis. And so she wanted to try to save her life. She sent her on a six hour ambulance ride to North Carolina to have a, a legal safe abortion to save her life because the fetus was already deemed not viable. Um, so now what you have, and this happened in October, of course, shortly after the, the bans took effect. And, you know, Tennessee was one of those who not only couldn't wait for the ban, but they wanted to rush their trigger law, which had already been in place. So now right. some of these same politicians are now trying to walk back uh, some of that. Now they want to address some of the extreme uh, parts of their bill, like um, no exceptions for rape um, and, um, you know, life-saving um, abortions that would be required that this doctor should have been able to do. So I think that we should drill down into some of those conversations. And uh, I mean, like, this is what they worked and fought so hard for. We need to let people know, okay, here's what you got, you know, and they don't let them mm-hmm. run away from it. I think we need to lean into the things that some of the things that they're running away from, because look at how they tried to run away from, um, Joe Biden. Yes, yes. I mean, they had they were <laughs> proud of that. They put an 11 point plan out. Um, they co-signed it and pumped their chests about it. But when Joe Biden called Absolutely. them out, they were all like, no, no, no. And there's tape of, you know, people like Mike Lee and others actually, you know, like being uh, proudly for doing this. So I think that we need to spend a lot of energy like I said, drilling down and, and pushing, you know, some of the things that they are running away from that, you know, they they fought for it. Like it's they, they don't want people to know the true harm of some of these things. But enough of me. Um, I do want to thank all of you for being here today. Hope you're recovering from the um, your Super Bowl activity. Hope Um, however your bets went, your teams you were rooting for, hope it went your way. But if not, you know, there's always next year. And with that being said, we do have Gregory who has come up and I thank him for joining the conversation today. So uh, happy when he can join us. Um, Please share um, uh, the space. It is recorded. Uh, Invite um, others uh, that may be up and stern. (laughs) I understand if people are not, but I thank you for being here. So we want to get, invite you up uh, to join the conversation, of course, as always. And we're going to get the conversation started with Gregory. How are you doing this morning or afternoon? Well, hello. Good afternoon. Oh my God. You call me by my given name. My gosh, it's I, yeah, I love Gregory Gregoire. Gregoire is very, very 
French and very sexy and very, like, very distinguished. So I prefer Gregoire. Anyway, how are you today, Dee and Soul Sister? Love to see you guys. Likewise. Oh, my God. I love hearing you. your voices. I love hearing you guys' voices. So happy side chicks day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are. So mess. let's start with. <laughs> let's listen. We have just had me rolling. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. Life is like. Listen, we suffered a lot of loss with hip hop. Um, Dave. Um, from Dale passed away yesterday, so it's like it's really is a sad day. Um. Uh, Hip hop, all the greats are everybody who we grew up. Hip hop is now turned fifty, and and people saying who's going to perform hip hop? And look at it, everybody's falling off. And I'm just like, it's a solemn mood. So let's get the party started with democracy. So yesterday, everybody saw the Super Bowl, right? Fiona oh, is back. Baby and all, baby number two and all, and she looked amazing and beautiful. What a great performance last night! Um, I like to say second of all, I want to give a shout out to Shirley Ralph. Oh my God, lift every voice and sing with that beautiful moment. It made me feel proud to be a black, a um, black man in America. I don't know how everyone else feel. But that's democracy, and that's how equality looked like last night. We was there in a, a football game. If you rooting for a black, well, you know, guess what? A black, we got a black quarterback won the Super Bowl. So shout out to um, Jason um, Mamunez, someone. Um, anyway, um, let me just give you a brief break, breakdown of what's going on politics wise. Um. There's a, there's a lot of enemies are a lot of enemies are coming out for Kamala Harris. I want everybody to be on be prepared. It's going to be the attacks on her and her vice on her role as vice president. It's going to be attacked. She's the strongest contender in the room. The Republican Party knows that they fear her, so the attacks will be relentless. They're going to be using the left. Using the left to uh, do a two a three way attack on her, so she's going to be attacked on both fronts. The left. You're and so the right, right. And, and along be... with um, President Biden's age. So. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I want everybody to be aware of your surroundings. Um, a lot of people think to me, I'm some some of you think that I jumped the gun or be a reactionary. No, I know how to sniff through the BS. The BS is right now is this. You have people who's amongst you who say they are your friends and then turn around, they're going to come with some side shots with Biden or some side shots with about Pete or with Kamala Harris. It's overall, they are instigators and they are in uh, uh, what what me and D would would say. They are chaos agents. They follow you. You not know who they are, but if you start doing the start doing the out of the math, you will figure them out. I believe in you because you follow me. Some of you do. Anyway, um, 
what's the next thing it says? I have to give a shout out to Donna Brazil oh, pushing yes. back on Chris Christie BS. She did an amazing I job. I have to find that clip because I, I, I retweeted it from, um, I don't know if it was Shantae. Shantae mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. pulled it up. Yeah, Donna Brazil did her part. I, I'm so, you know, I had some issues with Donna Brazil. <laughs> issues with Donna Brazil, but one thing is this, when you went, she explained everything precisely about who and what Kamala Harris is. Don't believe in the polls, people. Kamala Harris is very popular outside of these polls. These polls is just a small segment of um, small segment of the pop and it's only in the questions. You don't know when these polls are in the way how they tailor the questions. It might not. It's, it says a different story. Kamala Harris is very popular amongst the West Indian community, which I'm a part of. So black people, black women, we know, we know. We, if Kamala Harris got this, okay? So I just want everybody to really don't believe the BS on Twitter believe in what you see and hear from everyone else around your surroundings, your immediate surroundings in in real life, all right? So that's the thing that you need to focus on, and that is what you should be centered, because when you go out to the world and see in the Twitterverse, and you see the BS, you got this, and you can just clock back and clap back on the misinformation, and I want everyone to do it. Don't rely on me. I'm not going to be here all the we time. We all have to have and our own want... facts to be able to to fight back against. Absolutely, Google's mm-hmm. free. <laughs> Google is free, and I'm I'm. It's like, hey, I'm tired. I gave you a whole. If you could search through my timeline, my timeline is o- open, and I have all the. It's going to be the usual suspects. Going to be always be there. Go through my timeline and you will see the receipts against these usual suspects because I did lay out a very good, compelling case against them. And I them. appreciate so, that, Greg, uh, so much. Thank you uh, for that. And I appreciate you too um, and the K High for pushing back because that definitely is going to be one of the areas that they're um, trying to uh, create campaign rhetoric around. And we need to push back against it because we know that they did the same thing um, to Hillary. They had 30 years to do it, and uh, they only have about 18 months to try to uh, diminish um, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris, and we won't let them do that. Speaking of which, we do have a few other hands I want to get to. Speaking of which, um, I put in the Jumbotron, it's um, a CNN um, interview with um, uh, Speaker Pelosi, um, and... um, emeritus but she of course always spoke uh, speaks to things uh, with uh, depth and understanding and I think it's worth a listen because I think that she had some beautiful points to make about you know people uh, trying to talk about uh, President Biden's age because this is a problem that you know people face in all walks of life in every um, profession but what he he brings um the the vision the um 
the experience um, and um, the uh, adeptness to the time that we are in, you can't, um, you can't replace experience, you know, like he has knowledge, vision, and judgment. And so unless he decides he doesn't want to run, that's who we're riding with and that's whose message we need to just keep amplifying. So thank you so much, Greg, uh, for that. We do have, um, I think Mickey came up and then Jima Riri and um, Sean. So thank you guys for being here. And again, don't be shy. Join us in the conversation. It will be a short one um, today. You know, I'm going to be wrapping up in probably uh, about an hour, but I want to give you uh, guys an opportunity to um, talk about what's going on and, and strategies to um, combat some of the things that are going on and just keep us all aware of uh, things we need to be looking for, stories that are important to all of us and certainly to our democracy. So thank you so much, Greg, for getting us started this morning. I love your energy. Um, hope you can stick around for a while today. So with that, um, we're going to go with uh, Mickey, Jima, Riri, and Sean. Good morning, everybody. Or good well, mo this morning. Yeah, I know you're the you're a West <laughs> Coaster, so that's okay. <laughs> I'm still, it's still, you know, I'm still working my way through getting uh getting to work. Anyway, um, I wanted to just say I posted a couple of the things I I nearly lost my mind listening to Chris Christie, uh, yesterday. So I posted my responses. Um, but listen to what he says. It's in, um, I didn't want to post his, the, the, if you kind of go and click on the, uh, uh, one of the threads I, uh, posted, you can go up the chain and, and see what Doofy said. Um, because he does outline the strategy. It is, he pretty much says, it's Biden's old, oh my God, you know, for the people who like him well enough, it's like, okay, um, you know, it's a reminder for the people about his age, for those who don't like it, for those who are willing to excuse that and say, okay, you may be okay with Biden, but suppose something happens to him and... Uh, the scary black woman. <laughs> yes, the scary black woman. Then he goes on to to go and try to do the other thing they love to do. I, I would, you know, I would support another black woman, just not this black woman. I don't know how many other black Democratic women Chris Christie knows and would ever support. I su I suspect that population is zero. Uh, but, and, and didn't they say something? Yeah, it's a lie about Hillary. We don't mind they a always, woman being it, just not this one. <laughs> exactly, it's always the just not this one. And it's you know the sooner you know everybody gets the power. Remember how they're like, oh oh oh, we love Oprah. We want Oprah to be president. Then they went back to blaming Oprah for Doctor Oz. Like uh, Doctor Oz, yeah. don't don't have free will. I'm like. <laughs> You know, well, what about all of them saying Stacey Abrams, Stacey Abrams, and then she runs and what happens? Right, exactly. And that is, you know, that's the thing. And we have to remember that Republicans play 
the long game. They are so freaking patient. They don't get, they're not like Democrats who do know, get a case of, um, I don't know what, you know, shiny object syndrome and just switch and off and on. stuck on tangibles, even when they're getting them. <laughs> Right. So it's just kind of like really, really frustrating. And, you know, then he went on to do the, oh, and she's invisible. Every time I read her daily guidance, there's nothing there. She doesn't have anything scheduled. And I'm like, well, maybe on a Sunday when you read it. So I just kind of gave some examples of like, here's what she was doing. And here's an actual link to, you know, uh, the coverage and, you know, just pointing out local news coverage covers her. It is the national news that they're using to operate on this. I mean, some of the local news can be problematic in the larger markets, but, um, you know, by and large, she gets more positive news coverage from local media. And we just have to push back on the noise because if you keep repeating it it'll become fact people all kinds of idiotic people you know even that well i supported her for before but i don't know what she's doing and it's working if we let it work so we kind of just really have to keep reaching out to not just our immediate crew but also others and say we need you to amplify these positive messages because otherwise what the republicans are doing will will work so we need to push back and we need to be hardcore about pushing back every time these stories surface that's all i got thank you so much absolutely and that's um like i said if we watch them we will continue to see Uh, the areas that they're going to try to push. And we just need to uh, keep pushing back and to put the facts out there. And and like I said, uh, also look at what they're running away from, because um, I think it's important that uh, their big money machines like the Cokes are no longer Mm -hmm. supporting the former guy. Someone also pointed out that the former guy was also not mentioned in any of their, um, or at least in, you know, their official, the Sarah Huckabee um, rebuttal to the State of the Union. Now, you would think that someone that gave them all the wins that he did, that they'd still be talking about him. You know, because, I mean, they still talk about Reagan, you know, and the the way that he changed um, their political party and the climate. But they're already, you know, some of them are already ready to dismiss Donald. And the fact that the money people are is also a a good indicator, you know, and uh, we need need to look at that and see um, who the people they are putting the money behind and start getting ready um, to um, push back against them and um, their uh, policies, because they're absolutely going to be Republican policies. I see someone who has uh, started to um, indicate he is going to be in the race, and that is uh, New Hampshire Governor Sununu. So we need to be watching him because some of them can sound kind of normal in some things, but we cannot forget that at the end of the day, they are Republicans, okay? Trumpism is. Even if Trump goes away, we still have Trumpism, just like we still have Reaganism. Um, so 
we have to kind of detach ourselves a little bit from the person. And as you were saying, Dee, um, look at how the policies are embraced. So Trumpism has taken hold and it's here whether Trump is in the race or not. Exactly. Right. They want ideology, but not the right, person. Because some of them are using some of his same tactics and others are bearing away from the ones that they saw as being his as being problematic. But it absolutely is Trumpism because that was a winning, you know, strategy. That behavior became a willing winning strategy for them. They got a lot of things with him, that guy, you know, as problematic as he, he was. So thanks so much, Mickey. Uh, up next, we've got Jima Riri and then Sean. And again, I want to invite um, anyone who is interested in joining in the conversation um, to not be shy. Come on up and join us in the conversation. Good afternoon. Um, thank you all my good trouble people that I love. Um, I just want to say, Gregoire, we made history last night in that Super Bowl because we had two black quarterbacks that played in that Super Bowl last night. Jalen Hurts from um, the Philadelphia Eagles and Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, they're both really fine. And um, I was rooting both teams on last night. The other beautiful thing about that Super Bowl last night, it's probably the first time that we've actually um, been more diverse in our Super Bowl. Uh, Miss Rihanna did that whole show by herself. She didn't need no guests. She didn't need anybody popping up. Uh, my husband had said to me, well, why are her, her outfits so baggy? Are they going to put her in the air and make her fly? And I started laughing and I said, honey, I think she's pregnant. And if you noticed, when she was singing Diamond in the Sky, she kind of rubbed her belly and kind of popped it out. So that was our sign that baby number two is coming. And also, she made history last night being pregnant and doing the Super Bowl show. Um, we also had uh, Cheryl there who, who sang beautifully. Um, they even put Chris Stapleton in who had just performed with Stevie Wonder in the Grammys. Um, so, yeah, it was probably, I have to say, the best Super Bowl I've watched just because it was more diverse. Um, it was just beautiful. It, it was finally, you know, th there, there were some changes that I didn't expect to see. So it was nice to see that part. Um, the other thing, I didn't know if you all knew this. Did you know that Jesus gets us? Oh, please. I'm, I, I, well, see, I oh, didn't, my God, I saw I that. I didn't watch a lot of it. I watched the halftime. I watched them a, a little bit in the first and the second quarter. But I do understand there were quite a few of those um, commercials. And um, this is where we have to be careful because religion is the vein that they use to pour a lot of oh, their yes propaganda into because I heard Gail uh, King talking about well who can be mad at those commercials about kindness and no one should be mad about being kind but what people should be aware of is that they're being funded by like um, I think the Hobby Lobby Hobby and Lobby. some very unkind yes. kind of people who want to yes. do some very unkind things so that we absolutely need to be you know aware of oh yes absolutely because yeah jesus gets us 
But you people at Hobby Lobby, your white national Christian bullshit, Jesus doesn't get any of that. Jesus wasn't white. Um, I, I mean, this is just crazy. So, it, you know, instead of spending millions and millions of dollars to put out these ads and commercials, uh, these people are even putting it on social media. Imagine what those millions and millions of dollars could do for the sick, the poor. Oh, my God. I think about that all the time. Yeah. I mean, it, it just it blows my mind when I see all this money being spent and you all talk about Jesus and, and he gets us and he'll love you. But yet you're giving money. And what did Jesus say to do with your money? To give it to the sick, the poor, the elderly, not to keep it. So, yeah, I just that's another big ad. And I wanted to talk about that because they're really pushing the he gets us. Um, and and they were like, a little off, though, too. Did you I mean, like I saw them and I was like, what is the point of it? And even at the end, I was like, it, it could have still been done uh, even, you know, without all of that, with just taking the commercial as a whole. It just yep. felt off. It didn't it didn't. Seem like the like storyline was complete. It. <laughs> yeah, it was very, it was very it just, it, Well, it, it was, was yeah. not, I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch a lot of it, but I know that the Super Bowl commercials are, you know, there are a lot of beer commercials. There are a lot of, you know, that kind of stuff. So it seems weird to me, not, you know, even yeah, seeing it. Very yeah, expensive. pushing them, you know, and it's <laughs> like, why don't you try, you know, like um, being Christ-like in real life and not, you know, like putting some commercials out to tell people about how to do it. Just do it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why I just wanted to mention that so we're all aware that um, they they want you to believe in their fake white Jesus. So we need to debunk all of that, too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, with that, I love you all. And I'm going to let uh, everyone, any other people speak. And if Mark is in the room, if he has any updates on that abortion pill case, I'd love to know. I think he's here. I did send him an invite. I'm not sure what his works, his schedule is today, but hopefully before we leave, he will um, grace us with some um, legal um, updates on some of the cases that are um, going on, because I think there was one that um, took place on the 9th, if I'm not mistaken, he, he told us about. So We'll see. So thank you for, you know, also calling him out, Jim Mariri. Let's see if we can get him up here. Um, and again, just a reminder to you guys, we're not going to be here long today, probably about another hour. So um, if there's something that you want to share, don't be shy and don't hesitate. Come on up. But we do have a few other people here to share with us today. So glad you're here, uh, Sean and then Joseph. Hi, good afternoon or good morning, Miss D and Soul Sister. Thank you for allowing me to speak today. Um, I have posted something on the Jumbotron just as a reminder that at, I think, May the 11th is the end of the, um, I guess, emergency response to COVID. And so they're saying that at that time, then anything um, like say we don't have to pay for vaccines um, or test, you know, different things like that, that will all go away unless, you know, something happens and they decide to renew it. 
Um, so if you haven't gotten your vaccine or boosters, please consider doing that um, because the they're saying that the negotiated prices that are like 20 or $30 now are going to go up to as much as 110 or 130 per dose. So even if your insurance company will cover some of it, you're still going to be, it's going to still cost more than what it does now. So look out for yourself and others with that. And then the other thing that you all were saying about if we don't um, have Kamala Harris as the vice president, then who um, you can have a black woman, but not this black woman. I'm going to I put it in the in the chat below, but I'm going to put it in the Jumbotron, too. It was a um, YouTube presentation that Reese Culber and Star Jones did um, called Credentials, Not Cosmetics making the case for why um, then-Senator Kamala Harris would be the best-suited candidate to um, serve as Joe Biden's vice president. And so I'm going to put that up there so that you can see all of the reasons why she was better suited before she became vice president. But now that she has been vice president for two years and you look at all of the diplomacy experience that she's accumulated in just that short amount of time, it just it's a no brainer that she should be the vice president if he runs again. And she should be the candidate for president if he doesn't. So I'm going to put that up there and go back to listener. But thanks again for having me up and I'm enjoying well, it. Thank you so much. Um, and I do um, appreciate that. And I think it's important because I have some um, friends who live overseas and they watch a lot of the, um, you know, they get subscriptions to American periodicals, some of the legacy um, papers and watch some of the big mainstream media news shows and so some of this rhetoric is starting to filter um across and so i try to you know help them to be able to see the nuance in some of the reporting and how the reporting is being um used to frame certain narratives so that they don't fall into it and and two of the bigger ones is because it bothered me and i was like uh, we cannot let this um have real breakthrough and that is you know president biden um, age and Kamala Harris not, you know, being hugely effective. So thank you so much for that. And we just keep gathering the receipts and, and telling the truth and the story and calling out the media who is being uh, lame and complicit as far as I'm concerned in trying to propagate this narrative because, you know, they couldn't do it if uh, the media wasn't um, helping. So with that, I'm going to go next to Joseph and then Shauna. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you for having me on. Uh, I am uh, just getting back on this platform after a uh, lengthy suspension. So it's uh, very good to be back. Uh, I got 
suspended because I called out Carrie Lake's disgusting racism on a thread some months back, um, but they let me on back last week. So it's wonderful to be back. So uh, kind of along the lines of talking about how the media is trying to frame this false narrative about Vice President Harris, just in the last week, I'm noticing some really disgusting hit pieces from the far left, not only about Vice President Harris, but also about Secretary Buttigieg. Um, And I'm fed up with it. I am fed up with it. And I've got to kind of vent about this. These leftists, particularly white leftists, love to say that they are, you know, they have this savior complex when it comes to minorities. And for those of you that don't know me, I'm gay and I'm also half uh, Latino. So, you know, I definitely consider myself among these groups that they try to uh, they try to speak for. Um, they, they try to act like there are saviors, but yet the moment when somebody show somebody from a marginalized group shows any kind of an advancement. So in this case, let's, you know, say vice president Harris and secretary Buttigieg, you know, then they, they, then the masks come off and their real feelings come out. You know, there's not so thinly veiled racism and homophobia among the far left. And, you know, it's bad enough having to deal with the, you know, the absolutely blatant racism and homophobia from the far right. But now when we're seeing it on the far left, I mean, it's just exhausting. It's like we're fighting a battle on two fronts. But let's also think of it in a in this way. If you're pissing off the far right and the far left, you know you're doing something right. And I, I think, you know, that those those of us that that, you know, that that we are supportive of President Biden and Vice President Harris, you know, that we're staying true to the message because like, hey, everyone else can be salty. But we know that this administration is getting stuff done. We're, you know, going to be behind them 100 percent going into 2024. We're going to make sure that President Biden and Vice President Harris are being, you know, are going to be reelected, you know, and to these, you know, leftists that want to try to replace Vice President Harris on the ticket. No. Vice President Harris is going to be on the ticket in 2024. President Biden has made that a abundantly clear i don't know how many times they are a package deal and we're going to rally behind them to make sure that we get four more years in 2024 so you know what uh that's all i gotta really say right now thank you for letting me get this out there because i saw a lot of posts last night and i was really really upset about this and wasn't sure how to quite get this out there so thank you for uh giving giving me the opportunity to uh to speak and uh I'm going to go back and listen and hope everybody has a great rest of their day. Bye. Well, Joseph. thank you, Joseph. And I, I'm so glad and, and you're welcome to um, stay up because I think that, that, like I said, these are important things and I'm glad that you were able to come back on. Um, it's a shame that um, you lose your account over um, some of these um, folks that you have 
to push back on. But thank you again so much for coming and joining in the conversation. And like I said, we keep watching and seeing what they do. They they show us who their targets are, what their game plan is, and ours has to be um, um, geared um, with that knowledge um, with that knowledge and understanding, knowing what their strategy is and being strategic and in, in the way that we respond. And, and part of that is, is being informed, having the receipts, um, as Gregory uh, talks about, uh, Gregoire talks um, about, um, because it's so easy for them to keep proliferating, you know, keep saying the same old things you know, letting it proliferate. Nobody's asking for receipts and and the reporters hardly give them any pushback. So when it keeps getting said over and over again, there is some, you know, folks that, you know, that message will stick with. So we just have to uh, keep our message going, the the truthful narratives going um, so that it can interrupt that flow. So thanks so much, Joseph. And up next, we've got Shauna and then um, Craig. Thank you. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for this space, um, uh, Ms. D and also sister. Uh, first, I want to uh, pick up on what g was saying about the Super Bowl, uh, wishing congratulations to my hometown guys, the Chiefs. Uh, great season, uh, great game last night, real, real close. Uh, but both have respect for both teams. It was a great season for both of them, so I was happy to watch the game. And I want to uh, pick up on what Miss um, Sean was saying about Trumpism. And I, I see what they're doing here with some of these people jumping in the race. I, I think Nikki Haley's about to, they said she's going to announce this week. Um, I just don't see, um, any of these people becoming the nominee if Trump is still in the race. Um, I, I see some of them trying to distance themselves from him. And even you said the money people are pulling out. Um, I, his loyal supporters are still there. Uh, so. Um, unless he gets taken out of the race, like with an indictment or something, I, I don't see how he loses the nomination in 24. Uh, so I don't I don't know what will happen with that in the next year and a half. But even so, I don't want Democrats to get complacent with that because he's still a formidable opponent, even though he shouldn't be, given all that's against him. I mean, it should be easy to beat him, but um, given what happened in 2000. Uh, I mean, we saw that he won in 2016, even though he shouldn't have, even though he lost the popular vote, uh, and even though he lost the popular vote in 2020 by 7 million votes, uh, you know, in 2020, um, a few states, if he had lost, um, if we hadn't won uh, Georgia and Arizona, I believe, uh, I want to say Pennsylvania, or there was one other, I wouldn't know, Wisconsin, I think, there would have been an electoral tie. I'm sorry? Michigan played a big role as well. Yeah. There was a few states if we had lost, there would have been an electoral tie. And because the Republicans control more state houses, we would have had a tie. And then Republicans, um, they would have, no, you know, we would have lost the election again, just over a technicality again. And so I, I don't want us to become complacent just because Trump is still around because 
I just don't underestimate. Oh no, it's um, racism. Yeah, it's and it's not so much in this country. Yeah, at it's all. not, and it's not so much about us coming becoming complacent. I see it as infighting with them that we need to be aware of and capitalize on because he's not yeah. going anywhere, <laughs> and uh, no matter who gets in the race. But I think that it is definitely important for us to recognize where the money is being uh, put because I see it as divisiveness within their own party and mm-hmm. an opportunity for right. us to capitalize on that because the more people, especially viable ones, I think it's pretty well known. Uh, DeSantis is, is um, planning to make that move. And now, like I said, Sununu. So the more they get out there, we, you know, we'll have to battle him, but they will be helpful in that. Because they'll be taking yeah. him out. And I'm not sure what their yeah. I'm not sure what their angle is with this because, like I said, they're, he's not he's not going away unless he's pulled out of the race. So they can pull their money from him if they want to, but that's not going to pull well, his voters. Well, their away. angle I mean, is the, they don't you know the, want him. Yeah. The Cokes don't want to be putting money behind Trump and all his prab- problematic uh, behavior, yeah. and so they no. still want the same agenda. They don't want him to be the face of it. So we need to pay attention to where they move that money and who they decide will be the face of it, because that is where they will put their money and their network. It's not just Cokes. This is a whole network. This is the same network that pulled all of their 400 richest people and donors together to, um, you know, take the 2010 elections um, and to give Barack Obama a shellacking. So I hope that they're aiming to do this same kind of move with Trump, which takes him out for us. But again, like I said, it doesn't matter who, what face they put in there, because at the end of the day, the Republican agenda is the Republican agenda, no matter who it is, you know, and I'm just... Yeah, I guess. That's what I'm saying. And Sununu seems like a reasonable Republican, but we don't want to be fooled even by those reasonable seeming ones because their agenda uh, is absolutely the same. Like he could be a danger. He could be a problem for Trump because he is actually and he could, you know, I don't know what the demographic makeup is of New Hampshire, but I did catch in an interview that he said that like he's uh, pro-life. Now, that's an unusual uh, stance, but he is absolutely still a Republican. So I'm saying we have to see, you know, the entire board. And, and that's that's my thought process. Not that, you know, as long as Trump is around, he's a problem that we need to be aware of. But I say that um, also he has more fights on his hand because he still has the legal things. But that primary is not going to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, like um a cinch for him. It's not going to be a wrap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he'll definitely have some battles. And I just want to say real quick about um, Vice President Harris. Um, I know there was a lot of t- during like the, the deep stakes about her um, after she was selected, there was a lot of talk even in Democratic circles that they, there's a lot of like colorism issues and stuff saying she got picked because she's beautiful and things like that. And I mean, her credentials speak for themselves. I mean, this is someone who was elected statewide several times. 
And I realized that everyone else that was on the short list, you know, didn't quite, you know, have the same credentials as her. So for anyone to, to say that she was selected because, you know, she's light skinned or because she's pretty or this and that, I mean, they didn't have, you know, they weren't attorney general, they didn't get elected statewide, you know, several times. And so it, it came you know, I'm not, I didn't, I haven't had a chance to watch the Star Jones um, and Reese thing that um, Sean was talking about, but her resume, you know, speaks for itself. So I wish people would back off of her because she's not going anywhere. And I'm, I'm very happy that, um, you know, we have a lot of folks here that are willing to rally for her because she, she definitely earned her spot where she's at. And uh, we're not going to let anyone forget that. So that's what I wanted to say. And uh, thank you so much for this space. Well, thank you, Shauna. I appreciate that. And um, yeah, congratulations. I know that you and probably your family, classmates and people you grew up with were probably happy. I happen to be rooting for the Chiefs because we have hometown people who have played for um, Kansas, um, their professional baseball league, as well as the football. So I, I was a chief supporter. So I was happy, but I realized, you know, in the Super Bowl, someone Yay. has to win and someone has to lose. Now, I have at times been an Eagles supporter, but last night I was going with the Chiefs. So, you know, I, I was happy, but I, you know, I realize other people may not have been. But thanks. <laughs> yeah, look, look. I, I, I like them both. Yes, but yes, I was of course I been, yes. my home team. But I, I do I do appreciate both teams. So I wasn't rooting against the Eagles, but I was definitely rooting for the Chiefs. I hear you. All right. So Greg is up next. Thank you uh, all so much. And I just want to let you guys know, uh, we thank you for joining us here today. Please share, retweet the space. It is recorded. And um, so for those who may not have been able to make it up today for this space, people are probably still recovering. That's okay. And understandable. Mondays are like that sometimes, especially those post Super Bowl Mondays. But we thank you for, you know, coming in and joining us, um, joining in in the conversation and if you're in the gallery listening we appreciate you supporting us in that manner as well but i would like to just kind of give you a um heads up we're going to be wrapping up in about 30 minutes so if you do want to join in the conversation today don't hesitate to request the mic and if you're on uh, at the mic uh, on the floor um, raise your hands if you want to give us some final thoughts before we close out so greg's up next Hey, I'm just hi. I'm just going to piggyback on some um some points that I heard through everyone in the room. All right. Um, concerning with the um the GOP and the um the GOP contenders and Donald Trump, it's very important to what I say is stir the pot. And what I mean by stirring the pot, you know, if they want to if they want to come into our house and instigate trouble. We go into their house and do the same thing as well, because it's very important for us to do do this. Because Donald Trump is a, it's very petty, and we need to watch him carefully. And and this is the perfect time that we need to watch him because he. I don't know about you guys, but Donald Trump did lay a ground on a, tra- a trail against a make a case against the Santas. How he Exactly, that's what I'm saying. They give us talking points and things to use for both of them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
because this is real important because I'm going to give you the groundwork. Go back and start looking for Donald Trump talking about how he used the FBI to to interfere with uh, stop the voting for his, his first run as governor. He sent the FBI down there to stop some votes in a certain particular county in Florida. I don't know the specifics, but it's yes, I remember him. He, he was rage tweeting one day, and he was, you know, tweeting about DeSantis, and and that was one of the things. So I know you can, you have the ability to find those receipts, but it is out there. I remember seeing it. Yes. <laughs> okay, because because the thing is, I'm just want to reiterate, and everybody be read right now. The whole thing is this: you want to do a device. They're going to be doing it towards us, so we have to be multi multitasking and do it against them. And it's very important. I don't want to hear, oh, I blocked this person. I don't want to hear it. Democracy is on the line. You ain't got time. We don't have time for nonsense like that because our backs is on against the wall. They are coming after us, people of color people of goodwill. They are coming after us. They want to take our rights. They want us to be so... They want... What's the, what's that show, D, with the, um, the hands made uh, tail? Yes, the hands uh, the made handmaids. Tail. Yes, exactly. And that's why I'm saying, like, they, they push for the... And the Santas will usher Yes, he's it. already, I mean, like, this man, I mean, tracking women's menstrual cycles. Can you get more fascist and draconian? <laughs> exactly. And and y'all don't realize he's the danger that you need to stop. Do not put in the White House. He is that he is that he is like Trump in an evil way. The way how he gone after CRT, the way how he's doing and then the cokes are backing up. Mm. Big money is going to try to come in. Exactly, way. and it's we it's important are... that we pay attention to the money because the money is what helps them. Uh, it helps them build their uh, their machines, and um, so where they put it is critical. And um, no one has said for sure where they're putting it, but I guarantee you DeSantis is getting some of it. And it looks like, like I said, Sununu might be another one that gets some because he's looking viable. And he's also pushing back against the Dems pulling New, New Hampshire um, away from the primary lineup. So they're they're angry about that, too. And I want to keep on to that story because I think that's a genius move for the Democrats. But, you know, there there are a lot of people in Iowa and New Hampshire who are very, very upset about it. <laughs> oh, we can hear <laughs> I really, do you know what the funny thing is? When they say they're going to go and put South Carolina at the first, the, at the first, what that means is they, the Democratic reckon, Party recognize Right, us, they recognize the their color. base. And, and for them to be exactly. mad about it, and I don't know who said this. It may have been Chris Christie. I'm not sure. Someone was talking about it. But the fact that they were talking about how strong Trump is in Iowa. That's all the reason why we don't need to be, you know, putting our ducks up there in the beginning. Okay? Exactly. And, and like the first, one of okay. the first 
were stories that I saw where people were talking about, yes, we um, we set the mood for the nation and we talk about politics uh, 24-7 and as if people in other states don't do this as well, like us, okay? Like we, we talk about it all the time, like we're really invested and it's like, it's important for every you know, state and people everywhere to be invested in, you know, the political goings on or whatever. But when, but after they did that, they were just talking about it in a sense, like this is part of our culture and we're used to it. It's a historic. And, and then the next one-on-one interview they do is with a Trump supporter. So again, like I said, we should not be going there. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I just wanted to just land my plane here and say it like this. The people who are upset about that, with that move that Jamie Harrison and Joe Biden did, you got to ask yourself the question, are they really on your side? And you can start seeing who are your friends and who's your enemies, especially on the job, because I want everybody to be aware you better watch everything and just keep your eye, keep your eyes open and, and be listening and be reading and be on point of saying, okay, this person don't seem to be kosher, but be but gather your receipts and everything like this because this is going to be a bumpy ride and I hope everybody enjoy it because I'm here to fight. It's the fight you know, of our lives we, because, like I said, they. Exactly. You know, the 2022 kept us from going off the cliff, but our democracy is still sitting on the edge. So we can't rest. And, you know, like some of of their draconian, um, you know, laws have taken effect, but we know that they have more and they will say whatever is um, expedient to um, help them seem reasonable, like, you know, the Social Security. You know, they, they frame this in so many different ways, protecting it, um, you know, shoring it up. But, you know, they laid the plan out there. They want to sunset it. You know, they talked about... Ab- <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The, the, I didn't want to cut no, it. Do you not see... I did you not see Mike Lee? Wasn't Mike Lee from Utah exactly. trying to ride? They did the split. <laughs> they was split by split motion, saying that how he wanted mm-hmm. to take Social Security off, like sunset Social Security, and then turned around. He was all stalled and shocked last week at the dating mm-hmm. unions. Oh, yes, I'm like, it's gold. It's, it's like, campaign sir, gold, sir. and they will keep doing this because they count on. Um, you know, constituencies' memories being short because the media keeps rotating things so they forget and it's up to those receipt holders like Gregoire and others of us to keep bringing them out and reminding them this is what they said because even um, Vice President Pence after the um, abortion ban um, being given the power being given to the states, some of them were talking about, let's make it national, let's make it national. And and so you see right now in you know, some of the states where they do have the strictest, like mine, they they put in the most strictest. And even some of those are trying some of the Republicans here are trying to walk it back. They're trying to change it. So we need to, you know, to call them out, you know at every turn. 
I think another thing to remember when we're listening to people like Sununu is to, to listen to his doublespeak. I, he talks about um, how you can't impose your conservative will on the people if that's not what the people want. But in the same breath, you know, he was lauding um, DeSantis. Oh, but, but he went too far. You know, it, it's he's playing the popularity game. Like what is popular right now for me to say? And you can tell that. And I think that's something that we have to keep pointing out that it is not, we we can't be moved by uh, what they feel is their, their uh, rhetoric for the day. We have to really look at um, who, who they have supported and what they've supported. And, and, and if they have a real plan, Oh, which they don't. And they never really do. The only real plan they have ever consecutively always <laughs> seem to agree on are tax cuts for the wealthy. They don't really care about much else as long as they get that agenda passed. And and, and it's something that we have to uh, keep pointing out, Especially with somebody who sounds reasonable or appears reasonable in some exactly, and that's why, like I said, I point him out because we need to watch out for these kind of people because they are dangerous. It's kind of like Liz Cheney and Kinsinger, you know, like they were they were the saviors because they were on the January sixth committee, you know, like. Um, bring fighting to bring justice uh, for insurrectionists, but they voted against voting rights. They are not on our side, even you know, even though they may be doing something that is beneficial for us or doing the right thing in a moment. You know, at the end of the day, their stance um, are not. Um, supportive of a healthy, thriving democracy, and we need to call them out because this Republican Party is still basically the same Republican Party who, you know, they talk about small government. It is so kind of ironic how they talk about small government, but they use every opportunity they can when they are in control of the government to do things to hurt and harm people you know so it it just it doesn't make sense because their um their um goals are really about um power and control and and um much of what they say is just rhetoric that sounds good for the moment so um thanks so much um joseph you had your hand up go ahead thanks yeah i kind of want to piggyback on what you're saying about Sununu and others like him and why we have to be very careful Um, because in my area, fortunately not in my district, but nearby, uh, there is a prime example of that in the house. And uh, Greg has heard me talk about her a lot. And that is uh, Congresswoman Young Kim. Uh, She ran in 2020 in a swing district trying to, uh, portray herself as a moderate Republican and she barely won. She only won by like a percent. And then she got into Congress and then her voting record in the last Congress was she's a hard right MAGA. 
And she's one of these that will try to portray a certain image that they're more reasonable, but she's not. She is she is dangerous. Like in this last election, when after the redistricting, she carpet bagged into a district that was uh, drawn to be you know, Republican friendly. And like, she tried to portray this image that she's this warm motherly type. And she really isn't. She is, her voting record is hard, right MAGA. And so, yes, we have to be very careful about these Trojan horse Republicans because they will say or do anything to get elected. And then once they get in, then the masks come off. And then we see the true colors and then we're stuck. So we cannot let our guard down with any of these Republicans um, in, in 2024, because frankly, I don't trust any of them. You know, they don't none of them have our best interests at at heart. Like Greg said, our backs are against the wall and we are you know, we are voting for our our survival in so many ways. So. You know, like a lot of people say, you know, just some some days, you know, even the worst Democrat is still better than any Republican. And that's true because I don't trust any Republican at this point. None of them have my interests at heart. None of them have our interests at heart collectively. So we got to just, you know, be willing to put in that work so that they're not, you know, that they're not anywhere near obtaining power in in right and we have to be careful of these other you know like kind of reconstituted versions of like the never trumpers who get together to form other alliances um because at the end of the day they're still republicans and they are pushing a republican agenda which largely has been influenced by dark money donors like the Cokes, and I'm going to give you the top three. They are anti-labor, meaning anti-labor unions. They are anti-government, and they are, which means no regulations, and they are anti-taxes. And this is the that strong libertarian vein, which is very much a part of the Republican body, and they're not letting go of that. You know, no matter how they try to dress it up. And it is at the end of the day, all of those things are a danger to us as a democracy and to constituents at large because the areas where they don't have um, strong um, ability to unionize, like in states like mine, which is a right to work state, a state where they actually try to put a measure on. Um, uh, an amendment on our ballot to make it more difficult for people to unionize. I mean, how is that helpful? You know, how is that helpful? So um, we just, again, our job is to continue calling these things out and, and the, um, all of the members and all the iterations of them. And I started with that because we have people who have ran on the Democratic ticket um, and then started bashing the Dems and some, um, you know, even went to the other side and then they they formed even a different, um, you know, a third party 
talking about you, Andrew Yang. So don't get, you know, caught up in this UBI and the forward party and all of that, because they actually, you know, constituted themselves um, together to put a viable candidate forth in 2024. They said that because, you know, when they were first being talked about, it was early before the midterms and people thought, oh, they're the spoiler, but they were like, no, we're not interested in that. They're interested in the 2024 election. We need to look at um, the people they are funding uh, and the people that they are trying to push through because like I said, Yang ran on, you know, the Democratic ticket at one point, and now he's partnered with, you know, quasi-reasonable Republicans. But at the end of the day, they're Republicans, like David Jolly out of Florida. And I listened to them. I was like, okay, well, maybe he's changed some of his most terrific, you know, uh, Republican points of view. Because I'm not saying, you know, like the Republicans of old uh, not these MAGAs, are, are bad people. It's just, you know, they're conservative in, in the way that they want to govern. But these people in this MAGA, they do not want to govern. They want to control. They, they want power. And one of the first things that um, they talked about, the forward party talked about, um, you know, how they would be different or how they are differing um, or, or the same, they talked about taxes. That is still so Republican. And, and it's so crazy because they talk about the deficit and their concern for it. And what did they do when they were in power? They ran up the deficit and we have to, you know, help people to remember, you know, what they did. They blew our deficit, like our deficit, 25% um, of it, which took over 200 years to grow, uh, grew under the, the former administration. And a great deal of that is a result of these tax breaks that they gave uh, to the corporate um, people, their donors. And also we need to try to remind people that in that tax break that they gave themselves and the rich, um, because now they're out here talking about how they care about business owners and they care about regular Americans. They put some loops holes in there that increase the taxes for everyday Americans in a staggered time frame. And I think one of those years was 2022. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Do you remember that? I guess no one does. <laughs> I need to find that. Um, but, um, yeah. Do you sell sister? No, I do. I do remember that. Um, and you know, I just actually, I was, I'm sorry. I was looking for an article that I posted earlier and it was in regard when you started talking about the donors. Um, I posted one earlier on my timeline and I think I just put it in the nest, uh, in regards to donors who are, who claim to be uh, caring about uh, average ever, black Americans, basically, because it's, uh, you know, they're always putting out this stuff during Black History Month and all diversity, especially during all the BLM protests and et cetera, et cetera. But they're still the highest donors to uh, GOP candidates. And it's because they gained from these tax breaks that are, you know, that is putting the cost on the backs of average every. We just lost you there. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm back. Okay. Did you, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 
<laughs> sorry about that. Mm-hmm. I have an alarm set and it went off. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. Um, and, you know, I think that, I, you know, it's always like, call them out, call them out. What we have to really remember is that, they're, yeah, they're still going to give that money to um, the GOP candidates and, and um, whoever is running uh, that, that aligns with them being able to pay less because they're all about profit. It's greed. So that, you know, we, we, we just really have to be certain that people understand what, how that ends up affecting our everyday living, our cost of living um, in general, you know, you, you know, why are you paying, you know, five dollars for a gallon of milk or you know uh, a dozen eggs you know this it really breaks down to very you know very everyday expenses it goes beyond gas it goes beyond all of that right and the fact that they never they they love to talk about the problem but when a solution is put on the table they literally voted against uh bills that would have helped with the price gouging by the oil and gas industry Uh, they voted against um a solution to the baby formula problem. Um, they actually, for the most part, voted against the infrastructure bill. Only a yeah. few of them yeah. did. And they only did it after they knew that the Democrats were going to be able to do it without them. So some of them, for whatever their political right. reason and rationale was, decided <laughs> to vote with them. But they are not for us, you know. And yeah. I, I think one thing that they do, they being the GOP, is that they, they, they don't give up on their talking points. They stick to them, regardless of everything. You know, they might mention, oh, the balloon, oh, this or that, but they do have some standard talking points that they keep to. But as Democrats, we're, we're very uh, reactionary to whatever is happening. So like, oh, now we're talking about defense. Oh, oh now we're talking about uh, price gouging. Oh, now we're talking about health care and abortion. And now we're talking about this. And I think that is what they get right and what we get wrong. And I'm not saying that Democrats are wrong for being reactionary. It's, 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 it's like a knee-jerk type of thing. But the, the, we don't have, like, these are the solid things we're going to talk about regardless. And we, we don't hammer home when we have the opportunity because every time they bring something up, we have absolutely the correct things that we, or, and factual things that we can say to rebuke that. But we're constantly on the back foot, like, okay, wait a minute, let me reset my head here and figure out what, what's the most important thing issue of and the day. And that's why we need to keep and telling I, these stories. Yep. Um, because yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what they, they have these talking points that they use. We know that, like I said, that fentanyl and the border is going to be a big one of them, you know, and we need to keep pushing those facts out there. And like I said, at the end of the day, the problems even that they speak about are actually things that in some ways they help to make into the problems that they are. Um, oh, my God. Absolutely. Or, uh, when they did have power, they did not do anything um, to uh, help avert 
the problem because, you know, they've had a few administrations to address things. I mean, let's look at ACA. You know, they were, you know, when Obama was in, we have a better plan. We have a better plan. It, you know, it's not going to work. And, um, you know, when they got in there, did they offer any kind of health care plan? No, they went straight to giving themselves tax cuts. Exactly. Uh, now, we're still waiting for that two week, you know, that two week um, time frame for their health care right. plan. We still been... haven't gotten one, okay? <laughs> and and, and so, you know, again, um, what do they do when they get back just a little bit of power? Do they try to put together any type of um, committees to look at immigration, to try to resolve um, the issues at the border or even the real fentanyl problem that we have here? No. They start an investigation to drag the previous Twitter employees through the mud and talk about how, you know, they they helped the previous administration and they want to look into the president's son's uh, laptop. And, you know, in, in reference to the spy balloon thing, you know, they want to talk about um, Biden being, you know, soft on the China threat and all of these things. And can we um, just start recirculating the fact that, you know, former president's daughter, who was a part of his administration, you know, obtained patents from China. And, uh, you know, I think, too, like I said, we need to look at how I remember a lot of stories circulating when Trump was in office, how um, often uh, Russian um, ships and things were in our waters and places. So again, you know, their concerns about national security are not valid either. We just have to keep, you know, pushing against these things because they're going to stick to their po- talking points. Joe Biden being old, Kamala not being the right black woman uh, is is one of them, and um, you know, helping regular business people, you know, um, but, you know, none of those things are true. So um, thank you so much uh, for that. And thank you all for being here and joining with us today. We are going to be wrapping up here in the next 10 minutes. So I want to give everyone who is here on the stage an opportunity to join, uh, to have some final words, if you would like, and anyone who is down in the gallery listening, if you'd like to come up, um, you know, and uh, say something, um, add something to the conversation before we close out. Now is the time. So, um, Joseph, Gregory, do you have anything for us today that you'd like to leave us with? Any thoughts? Uh, uh, yeah, you know, just, you know, definitely it is going to be like Greg said earlier, it's like it's going to be a it's going to be a bumpy ride going into to 2024 and but so we just got to be you know just got to be prepared um you know we really have to rally around uh uh, around president biden and vice president harris you know because whoever the republican nominee is going to be it's going to be a very very hard fight and you know we're hanging by a thread right now so we 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 got to be prepared to put in uh all the work and really just dispel uh all of the rumors and the misinformation that that's out there right now and you know um since we've been in this chat i keep you know seeing tweets out there just both the right and the left are piling on 
Pete Buttigieg right now because of that uh, train derailment in Ohio. And it's like, really, like, is he is he psychic? Is, is he supposed to foresee that happening? Like they're blaming it on him. And it's like, I don't know who's being worse right now, the right or. And this or is it. Yes. This is another prime opportunity uh, to talk about the like of money and detention that has been paid to our infrastructure. Okay. That, you know, like what is going on is not something that happened just in these four years. And this is where I'm saying we have to get nuanced with them because they have never wanted to provide help um, to, um, you know, um, shore up our infrastructure. They would rather just go until the train runs off the track, the rails evaporate. And, you know, like, because they don't believe in regulation or, you know, providing funds or money, you know, the government funding any of these things. But look at who they're ready to blame. I mean, like, people have to have something to work with to do their job. And this administration has given every state, you know, money to shore up their infrastructure and to do things. And I think that he has been an excellent, um, you know, uh, transportation representative and the problems that he has been dealing with are not ones that just um, ex- just came to be or or were created because of some like of management or ability on his his part. These are deep-seated, long, ongoing issues that came to a head. I mean, just... Exactly. He's not the engineer and he's not the mm-hmm. inspector. So, I mean, mm-hmm. how could he have prevented mm-hmm. that? It's just... Uh, the- they don't want to take any accountability. Exactly. For the same with the airlines, all of these things that have been going on. They have been going on for decades. He's the first one that I think in a long time that have tried to uh, force them to to make some some um, actual passenger, you know, um, bill of rights and, and some things and, and holding them s- some accountability. So, yeah, many, many areas we're going to have to continue to push back on. But that's, again, like where I say, you know, these, um, you know, kind of incidents that come up that they try to lay at the feet of Democrats. We need to keep digging and go back to the root of these problems. And it's not it didn't just start with that train derailment as like the pipeline uh, disasters and explosions, even though they're happening during this administration. That is Republicans wanting to put things everywhere, expand and just drain all the profits without, you know, doing the things to shore them up. Um, And then again, when things fall apart, as they do, if you don't maintain them, blame it on the Democrats. But I go on. Um, Greg, you're next. And then we're going to give my awesome co-host an opportunity to give us some closing thoughts before I close us out here today. And I just want to thank you for an awesome conversation again. So, Gregoire. Hi, D. Hi, Sister. And hi, everybody, for joining this wonderful space. I want to just close by saying what incredible space, what incredible information that you have passed along, D and Soul Sister, and Joseph and G. Mamiri and Sean and Sean. I want to say I love this space and I love the team between both of you. That you complement each other. 
And I really think that you should do this on a regular basis, like week to week. Um, clean, we, like I say, D, when you get the time, we claim your time and you will shine. And I am sending you hopes, clears and blessings your way. Um, we gonna, we got this. And I want everybody to realize, have fun. Okay. I know it's serious. I know it's dark times, but have fun and just be centered and just be wholesome. All right. On that note, I land my plane. Have a great night. See you next week. Aw, thank you, Greg. I appreciate that. And you're right. We need to have fun. We need to remember, um, you know, what the issues are. But we still have to have fun. We have to live uh, because we're not going to change any of these things overnight. Uh, the struggle is the struggle of a lifetime. So, you know, we have to have fun for the joy uh, time for the, the joy and the fun and, and the serious stuff too. So that's why I always love it when you come in and lighten up the conversation and make us laugh, Dimples. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for sharing so much of your time with us today. You um, and everyone who has come in to participate have made it a wonderful conversation. And I thank you all. Uh, and Joseph, again, so glad you're back. And look forward to hearing from you more and more. And we'll be here again next week for sure. Um, we try to be steady and consistent. And like I said, I'm just, you know, changing a little bit of, of where I spend my time and how I spend it. But there's some consistency here in this space. We'll be doing it and we'll have some others in the evening. So can't be everywhere uh, all the time. But it's important that, you know, we be true to our work and you know we're going to be here we'll have some evening spaces because i know the morning afternoon it's hard for some people you you come in support and i do appreciate that but you're not always able to talk so i want to give you some opportunities in the evening with um you know some of the spaces that we have so we'll keep you informed on that and i do appreciate all of the support that you guys give me no matter whether you can speak or not whether it's day or evening um because i know um that you care it's a community who are um focused and informed and i love uh hanging out with you guys <laughs> so uh, so sister um some final thoughts for us today? Thank you so much, Dee. And yes, today was a wonderful space and I appreciate it. And I appreciate it every time. Um, and I just want to piggyback off of what Greg said. You know, earlier he, he spoke about um, Gregoire, I'm sorry. Um, he said that, you know, he's not always going to be here. And I think that the, especially in this community, um, we've come to rely on people like Gregoire and, you know, our Tiffs and our Dawns and our Shaunas and our, and our you, especially, um, and many others without, like as a knee-jerk reaction, without thinking or taking on the responsibility ourselves that we also have to um, gather this type of information and fight back because, uh, you know, make sure it's from a, a reliable source um, because 
it's important. We, we can't wait for others to respond when we see uh, misinformation. We, we should be responding in time, you know, um, and then shoring that up by going to uh, somebody's Twitter page uh, like Gregoire and, and yours and, and others to uh, make sure that, you know, we're amplifying those voices as well. There are a lot of good sources in this community. And while we rely on them, we also need to be helping to support them in some, uh, some way, you know, um, bringing information that maybe they didn't see or you know just amplifying what what they have posted we we there's a lot of work to be done and yes we can have fun doing it because i'm telling you there's a lot of um joy to be found i mean we're not in the last administration that's that's for damn that's sure. something so dark to be joyful are, about <laughs> There's there's one thing you can wake up every morning and say, at least it's not then. Um, so, you know, I just think that we have to remember that uh, we have to be advocates for our own democracy as well. Um, you, we, we cannot wait on others. And I think that's where we um, where we miss opportunities. And um, that's the harshest uh criticism that I think I can give us is that we miss opportunities. And and while we we look to 2024 and we're focusing on the presidential um, election, we also have to remember that there's a lot of Senate seats coming up and we need to be focusing on, on that as well, because um, without a Senate that our candidate can work with, we're, we, we won't be as successful in, in passing um, an agenda that makes sure that it protects our rights, uh, civil and human, uh, all of it. So I think it's important for us to just keep that in mind as we surf this uh, this Twitterverse. And, you know, if you're using it to just have fun, that's fine, too. I, I, I applaud that. But keep yourself informed. And, and keeping yourself informed means that you can have intelligent conversations with others and, and keep them informed and on the right track as well. And hopefully we can make a difference. And that's all I have, but thank well, you thank so much. It's been a wonderful yes, space. Absolutely. And, and you're all absolutely right. Um, we are all charged with doing the work to save our democracy. Now we do know that we have people who are doing that work, who, um, provide us with a lot of information and facts and tools and talents that we may not possess ourselves, but, you know, they give us access to it. So we should use them um, and um, rely on them when we can, but also always preparing ourselves, because that's my goal with the conversations that I have here. It is not about me, because at the end of the day, it is important that every citizen be informed and engaged for themselves in, in a national way and in a local way, because the at the local level is where it really counts. Our fight um, is not just on social media, it is in real life in our communities. And my goal always is to gather people, voices and resources to help um, people um, be able to 
have those conversations with people in their real lives, in their communities where they live, where these policies are affecting them on a, in a real way um, at, at, at that uh, basic level, and to be able to speak to that and to know um, how those policies came about, who's responsible for them, and how you can change them, um, and, and what you can do. Um, because, you know, we can get on here and talk on any social media app and talk about anything that we want to. As, you know, I said with my Advocacy Arena podcast, I am an advocate for many things. There are a lot of ills and, and, and things in our society that are going on that need attention. Um, democracy is one that I speak to and, and work in a lot because I do understand that without a democracy, some of the other things that I advocate for and I think need more people advocating for them and those that are being amplified, like in the area of the criminal justice reform, affordable housing, health care, mental health. Like here in Nashville, um, one of the things that have come about because of people advocating for change is um, I know in Memphis the horrific incident, uh, loss of life of a young man, Tyree Nichols, um, is probably going to result in even more change. But we had an incident here in Nashville that resulted in the people advocating getting a um, an oversight um, commission, uh, an 11-person um, commission that is designed to oversee the police, any misconduct and anything here. And they do have quite a bit of, of power and say and involvement. So these things make a difference, you know, in people's real life. And uh, another thing that they are coming up with now because there have been a rash and a rise of incidents here, but across the nation of people having the police called on them for mental health uh, crises that ended in horrific, um, you know, situations. So we have a pilot program that is just starting here today. In fact, um, in our community, it's, um, I think it's called REACH. And um, it is a team that is designed to go out and respond to mental health crises without um, law enforcement and um, other agencies being involved. So I am praying that that will become a permanent thing, that uh, I, I'm not expecting it to be perfect but it is a reimagining and um, a step in the right direction. So I feel like when we advocate for things, uh, make our voices heard, um, these are the things that can happen. I know um, Speaker Emeritus Pelosi is always quoting Lincoln talking about um, what is it that she says that, um, you know, uh, basically talking about how we the people are what politicians are responding to because she says that you know with Lincoln says that with public sentiment um, everything um, is you can do almost anything you can accomplish almost anything but without it 
practically nothing. And that's why it's important that our voices, our public sentiment rises so that they understand they have our support. They are working for the things that we care about. So I just uh, thank you all for coming here every Monday with Soul Sister and I, making noise, good trouble, continuing to fight, continuing to inform, and continuing to inspire an army of civically informed, engaged citizens fighting for our democracy. So I want to leave you with um, these words from one of our late great um, representatives and certainly civil rights heroes. And I've been watching a lot of documentaries and movies and thinking about him a lot. And that is Representative John Lewis. Um, he tells us to do not get lost in a sea of despair, but be hopeful, be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. So I feel like when I come here and I speak to you and we talk and we conversate, it's making noise, it's making good trouble that ultimately will make change. So I just want to thank you all, um, encourage you to continue making noise and making good trouble. And I know that you will. And I hope to see you back here with Soul Sister and I uh, next week to continue making more noise, um, bringing us, um, you know, news stories and things that we should know about to help us um, become informed citizens. So I want to leave you all with peace and blessings and a wonderful week ahead.